of it and I think there's a really exciting journey that sound is going through. It's a revolution I think in sound which is going to get this idea of um, we will be able to put sound anywhere in your environment and you'll kind of believe that it is there. Welcome to another episode of the Genuine X podcast. In this episode we talk about sound with Gareth and John from Magic Beans. Magic Beans is a brand new tech startup born out of the pioneering 3D audio work by the founders themselves Gareth and John. They develop innovative creative content and location-based experiences using spatial audio for high-profile brands, immersive theatre productions and musicians. In this week's podcast, we talk about the fact that sound is going through a revolution. Is three-dimensional sound the key to unlocking the brain's ability to accept the digital world? And how John and Gareth have been using sound to capture photogrammetry? We also lightly touch on ASMR. As is always the way, when we have some incredible people in to talk about sound, we have a deluge of rain, so you'll be able to hear that slightly in the background. So for all you ASMR fans, buckle up. You're all right. Great setup. Look at this. It's yeah. Like, well, actually, I just realised we've got an audio company. Yeah, I know. Oh, no. Now I'm slightly <laughs> nervous. Do you want to come around well. and check our lips? Exactly. Let's uh, <laughs> let's have a look. The mic's not good. <laughs> 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 if anything, this is medium appropriate. This um, is great. Interviewing. Totally. Yeah. So, welcome to the Genuine X podcast. Uh, it's really exciting to have you guys here. Um, would you mind introducing yourselves? Yep. So, I'm Gareth. Uh, John. And I'm John founders of Magic Beans. We're a spatial audio company and we're doing a new kind of mixed reality uh, audio experience. Audio experiences. Excellent. Um, and then in terms of um, audio, to explain a little bit more about yep. the audio because I think some people kind of might be quite new to yeah. spatial audio and stuff like that might be. So there's, there's a number of terms around, you know, immersive, very vague terms. Um, and we talk about 3D audio and spatial audio. They're kind of um, the same thing. But if you imagine sound uh, coming from a stereo set of speakers um, or a surround system that's quite a two-dimensional uh, way of sound reaching your ears and in the real world you hear reflections you hear sounds from all around you 360 so I, th I guess what we're about 3d audio spatial audio is about trying to recreate that full um, natural listening experience so sounds can realistically appear like they are in a space with you they're near you they're far from you mm -hmm. so, in um, so in layman's terms like yep I think a lot of people understand like surround sound's been around for a long time yeah 5.1 and so on and so forth we now have Dolby Atmos yes so mm -hmm. I think people have I would I would expect that most people have experienced spatial audio in cinemas yep and Dolby Atmos is surround and has height as well is yes. that correct that's correct yeah so yeah. what you bring then is the ability to experience that in a much in, in a more spatial way and you can move around that space yeah so we I mean we both both of us have got cinema backgrounds we both mm -hmm. sort of I'm a mixer and John's a sound designer works on a lot of um fairly large uh, Hollywood features. I was quite, I was early involved with a, a company called Oro 3D that made the first commercial 3D system. So if you think about 5.1, it's almost like a two-dimensional flat plane. So people think of it as somehow, in the, you know, 3D, but it's actually two, two dimensions. If you add height, um, you can start to recreate sound in a much more realistic way. Atmos has an element of that, has a sort of a slightly limited height, but it has that height and it really brings something else, you know. So what we got excited about was we almost felt a little bit limited in cinema. There's a limit to what you can do with that spatial audio. 
with cinema because you always got to fit it to mm-hmm. the screen. So we were very interested in, um, because of the, the, the development work I was doing um, at the time with Aura 3D, you could almost create better experiences and we thought we could take that out of cinema and make these experiences for brands, for you know immersive theatre and things like that. So that's the area we're going into. And where we are now with, with Magic Beans is very much around that next stage of how could you physically move through that space, have complete freedom of movement. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, if you think about photogrammetry, this sort of idea of capturing the image, we're capturing these sort of volumes of space with with sound and being able to move through them with freedom, which we think is really exciting um, area that audio is heading into. We think that's the future of audio, in fact. I think it's probably quite important to make a bit of a distinction between cinema, 3D sound as it exists today with the likes of Dolby Atmos, DTS and Aura 3D, in the sense that they're they're largely designed to they're, they're not about accurately reproducing um a sound field as it were you know a, a an area of sound that really exists because a, a in cinema the sound doesn't re, you know the sound is all put on in post essentially you know it's, it's created as a cinematic experience and b those systems are really designed in a cinematic contents to basically make an impressive noise in a in a cinema it's not about Accuracy, any any sense? Yeah, you need you know a certain amount of um, faithfulness in terms of wanting you know roughly things are coming from the right or the left or behind you or maybe above you. But there's certainly not that level de- of detail you need when you're actually starting to, di- uh, to interact directly with um, the sounds. And then if you sort of uh, take that over into sort of VR space, um, obviously then it becomes more um, important the way you know how the accuracy which you can perceive the direction that sounds are coming from um, the the common element that the cinema and kind of traditional if we are at a stage where we can call any kind of spatial audio traditional yet um, so traditional VR audio um, is done is essentially it treats sound as if it's almost like you're in this bubble and all the sound happens outside that bubble. There's nothing, it's not like it doesn't come straight up to your nose and can't right next to your ear. And that's, the, that's really the missing element that we're addressing in terms of being able to um, freely interact with objects that aren't kind of slightly abstractly behind this layer of speakers that surround you or if, you, if you're listening on headphones, kind of out there somewhere, and yeah, I realise people can't see what I'm doing with my hands here, but I'm <laughs> indicating that it's out there somewhere. Um, so what the, the, the in, to really, it, it's all about, what it comes down to is, is giving your brain the same level of information that it gets from listening to things naturally, the way you hear sound naturally. Mm. Is it fair to compare it to, to VR for games? Because, when you, you've got a lot of games now, VR have six degrees of freedom, so you yep. can kind of lean around. You can get really close to objects. It, it is. they have sound, they have spatial sound within there, and you, can't, you move yep. closer to a sound object in the world, it gets louder. Totally. The basic concept is there for games, but there's a, a, a fundamental difference when you try and do that in the, where your visuals are essentially the real world. Um, Sorry to all the sort of VR graphics guys out there, but <laughs> everybody knows when they're in a VR headset that it's not real. There is just, you know, partly it's because you've got a headset on, but yeah. bec- and the, you know, it, no matter how realistic lo- it, lo- it looks, 
there is a fundamental understanding that you're not looking at something real. Because of that, your kind of threshold for suspension of disbelief yeah. is a lot lower um, than when you actually then translate that to, OK, I'm, I'm now looking at this, I can see there's a real microphone in front of me, I've got a glass of water here, I can pick it up, you know, it's completely real visually and uh, in a tactile sense. So if I want to attach sound to that object, I need to do it in a way that is believable enough for my, my brain is going to go, yep, I'll buy that. I can, you know, it's, it's, it's good enough that I can totally buy that that's coming from that object. And that requires a level of acoustic modelling that just isn't there in the implementations we're talking about for um, in games engines largely for uh, VR games what they're doing works perfectly well in that context yeah. but it's it just no needs another step up mm. in terms of um, uh, it's not necessarily again it's not necessarily about um, accuracy I, I've kind of got a bit of a thing about virtual reality the reality part of virtual reality is, is you know it's not about reality it's about mostly it's about the audience's expectation of reality so, and I think that probably works on the visual side as well as the audio side. On the audio side, it's it's not unless unless you were doing this for some kind of scientific simulation where it's really important to precisely model the way that you know real world physics works. It's not necessarily about that. It's about providing enough of a um, enough of an analog, if you like that your brain is quite happy to say, yeah, I can see that works in the way I expect it to work, so I completely buy that. So you mentioned photogrammetry. Yep. Because um, I think, what, so what, what's, what's, the, what's the new bit here then? So we are, we're, you know, we're about to start a project studying um, the idea of capturing space and re... We're very much in, interested in this idea of six degrees of freedom, and that can be built, I think this is sort of the idea, you can either you can build this up in the way that you build a soundtrack where you uh, take a very creative approach and add creative sounds, or you can try and capture a space. So we've done a lot of work with the Philharmonia Orchestra in London, and we've done some uh, really good, really interesting proof of concepts where we've captured the entire volume of that orchestra in one take, and then you can have freedom of movement through it. And we think that's a really exciting idea. That's very much about realism. Mm. And we've got these two sort of ideas of there's the, there's the realism, there's sort of almost doing photogrammetry with sound, uh, which we think is a really exciting area. And there's also how would you combine that with um, perhaps the creative aspect of manipulating sound in that space. So it's believable sound, but it's storytelling sound. So what's photogrammetry with sound? How does that work? So if you imagine, um, you know, this space that we're in, we're, we're picking up on microphones and it, what we're effectively doing with these microphones is we're, there's a whole bunch of acoustic information that your brain is interpreting where my voice is coming from, like a bat, you know, does echolocation. You're completely unaware of it, or we are all unaware of it, but you're constructing a mental image of this room. And when it gets recorded onto this microphone, when people hear it, it effectively all of that information has been flattened and it can't be reconstructed. So you will listen to it from a speaker. And we're so used to that experience, we don't really fully appreciate, it's very hard to appreciate how canned that experience is. So when you hear my voice back, it will not be the same as when you hear me and I'm clearly coming from over here. Um, and I guess with um, what, if you sort of talk about audiogrammetry, it's how would you re, how would you capture and recreate all of that spatial information 
for uh, to be able to listen to it at another point in time and be able to move through it. There's a lot, it's a lot of um, effectively information capture, I guess, and resynthesis. Right. Does it involve, in simple terms, does it involve an array of microphones? Yep. Yes. Essentially, yeah. So there's been a lot. I think a lot of people have gone and immediately picked up. You may have heard of an ambisonic microphone, mm -hmm. so something like the Amp Sennheiser Ambio, and they're really, really good uh, for certain things. But you sort of put one up and you capture one spot in space, and you can kind of have three degrees of freedom movement with it. And I think the exciting thing is how could you combine a capture of an entire space with multiple capsules, multiple microphones, and then recreate that either synthetically or sort of in a very realistic way, you know. And that's definitely what interests and excites us and what drives Magic Beans to do what we do. Yeah, mm. and that comes back to speaking experientially because, I mean, when you talk about virtual reality, the measure of uh, the term that's used for the quality of virtual reality is this idea of presence, how yeah. present do you feel? And things like fidelity of graphics, frame rate, six degrees of freedom, of freedom yeah. all those kind of things increase the level of presence in the viewing yeah. angle. So now we have another level, as I understand it, which is that you can increase the the spatial sense of the sound as well, Absolutely. which is going to increase the level of presence and improve on the experience. Yeah. And I think also, the, if you think about the experience you get listening to a piece of music or sound on headphones, you know, standard sound, if you think about where, if you actually, next time, well, maybe if you listen to this podcast and you're listening to headphones, think about where my voice sounds like it's coming from, because effectively you don't have it. The normal spatial information that you're getting, you know, as in you guys sat here with me, is your pin A, your, you know, the, spect the, the, the different frequencies are bouncing off your ears, yeah, and you've got a good idea. The room, yeah, rooms, it's bouncing yeah, off this yeah. table. Yeah. And when you listen on headphones, you'll hear that that sound, my voice, is some, in some abstract place inside your head, because you're missing all of that spatial information. So I think one of the keys for doing spatial sound well is to get this feeling of it being outside your head you know and that, that feeling and that's really the golden standard is so if you put a 3d speaker array up which is what a lot of what we've done that just that that, that comes naturally the sound because it, it it reacts with your ears um and it's trying to synthesize that over headphones which is the real the key and there's a lot of research and development work we're involved in bits of it and i think there's a really exciting journey that sound is going through it's a revolution i think in sound which is going to get this idea of um we will be able to put sound anywhere in your environment and you'll kind of believe that it yeah. is there. And the idea is you can experience it by moving through a space and the sound yeah. changes as you move through it. Absolutely. Because that's the really interesting thing about and it. And if you think about it, you're actually what we're doing, and we are very unaware, and even as sound professionals, it's very hard to understand. So take, you know, take, a, take a voice, take a microphone, record it down, play it back over a speaker, because it's metaphorically the same. Our brains go, that's the same sound. But if you actually think about it, it's actually very, very different. It's a very different experience. Um, and what we're effectively, where sound is going is it's coming towards a much more natural, I don't think it's it, driven with spatial computing. We go into a much more human form of listening ultimately. And I think that's, that's very exciting, you know, because mm. it will be, you know, in quotes, like natural sound, you know, because yeah. it will literally feel like it's in there with you, which is where we experience sound naturally, right? It's like when you record an all, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm referencing kind of similar experiences and there's a difference between in the past when I've worked with like record an orchestra an orchestra is, an, is, is essentially a spatial thing and where you mm. position them people don't realise where you position the microphones in a room and with an orchestra depends on the on the, on the sound you get and yeah. I love the story I don't know if you've heard the story of, of when Hans Zimmer recorded the, the Batman theme and he put the string section it, they did it in a church yeah. and they had the entire orchestra on the ground floor and he put the string section up in the up in the roof Great. so you get you essentially get height and so their sound the mics are on the floor but they're up in the roof and the, yeah. the sound resonates through the top of the church and comes back down so it's actually that that is spatial but of course the microphone is in one place yeah. 
but it's always going to sound like a long way away yeah. and sort of bouncing around and coming back. But what you would be able to do is you'd be able to experience that if you had the mics throughout, you'd be able to experience it by getting closer and further to away different yeah. parts of it. Yeah. So, so we did. Um, so we did a piece. We've done a few pieces. We did a piece uh, with Philharmonia Orchestra, and that went out to South by. Not this one. The last year, South by uh, Southwest, and that was again. It was um, trying to recreate the experience of being in the middle of an orchestra. So you have a VR headset, but your ears are open. We had a 3D speaker array, and it's phenomenal. I mean, it sounds really, I mean, you know, blown around, it sounds really, really good. It literally feels like the violins are there. You've got the power of the, the timpanis. But, you know, you're, you're restricted, I suppose. It's a great experience. You're restricted by sitting in your chair and you have this, you know, this experience in the middle of an orchestra, which is, which is amazing. But, I mean, what we're interested in is could you stand up and walk over to the cellos and have a listen to those or go to walk, stroll over to the back and hear the timpanis? And I think that's a really exciting space that's being opened up, um, you know, in recent years that we're, that we're exploring. Mm. I, th- I think that element of being able to interact with the sound, partly... Uh, um, again something you don't realize but a lot of how you perceive you know sound in the in you know in the everyday real world in the in in the real um real sound in the real world um involves lots of little movements you're constantly moving you're judging you know parallax between different objects and that's how you're gauging how far away they are and what their relationship is so again it's important to be able to give your brain that information with a um, when you're when you're trying to reproduce you know spatial audio if you've given your brain the ability to to you know you you can naturally do the things that you would do in real life as it were you know if you move a bit the sound you know the parallax happens the sound changes that does so much to help overcome this as gareth's pointing out we, we we really don't appreciate just how artificial traditional sound delivery is you know even even sort of the best hi-fi setup it's totally distorting in the sense of changing not in the sense of nasty clicks um audio you know the audio that would have been originally there if assuming it's a, a live recording um and that again it comes back to your brain just isn't getting the information it it, it needs to interpret that in the way it wants to naturally and to come back to your point about um, uh, about VR being sort of judged on its um, um, what was the word what was the word you used presence, presence thank you yes um, there's a great quote who I and I can't remember um, who said it now um, but it essentially comes down to um, you understand the visual but you feel the oral so sound actually plays probably arguably a higher um, role you know a, a more important role than visuals do in the sense of um, presence um, because it's it's connecting with you with a, a, an emotional level that the visuals aren't it's you know why do we have music in films it's because it's conveying it's it's giving you that emotional commentary and that's that's actually the job of a film soundtrack largely music sound effects everything else it's giving you an emotional commentary, a visceral commentary, along with a kind of intellectual, yeah, okay, I, I can see what the action's doing. And I think it's, it's, it's something that's very... Um, even in film, um, there, are, um, there are only a handful of directors that really get how important sound is to their film. There are, there are others that kind of, you know, they'll, they'll say, yeah, we think it's important, but don't really understand just how so important it is to tell the story. Uh, I, I ask this for a reason, because... I, I don't think sound in general is taken as seriously yeah. 
as it should be in general. We're speaking from an agency point of view. Totally. It's always a little bit like... It's because... We, we spend ages and ages filming something that's just yeah. got a little bit of lively music at the end. But yeah. It's, it's, it's so because um, we have a natural... Because v vision is a dominance, it's dominant in the sense that it takes your attention. You know, if there is if there is a visual element there, it takes your attention. But the trick that's being missed is just because it's taking up your conscious attention doesn't mean that it, it is the most important sense in terms of conveying all of the information that's out there. We, th we think as well as a sort of when you get into this idea of spatial computing or just having experiences um, in the physical world around you, I think it becomes, to, for us, I mean we're audio guys anyway so we're biased, but it becomes far more apparent that actually you need that fidelity and I th in, in some respects I think we can get to better fidelity in audio quicker than you know the visual guys do if you look at sort of um, you know, great technologies like you know Hololens and, and Magic Leap, the holograms they've got now are a great start. But then, you know, we I think in terms of sound, we we you know we'll, we'll get there quicker. Than, so yeah. I think, and it's such an important part of that experience. And we so, you know, if you if you sort of went deaf in the real world, you'd you'd know about it. I mean, you you'd be you know you'd feel terrible. But you can you can watch a video with no sound; it's fine. But when it's in the world, it's sudden. It actually you do I think. You may not be conscious, but you definitely you, you feel it when it's when it's done when it's done right. I think part of what 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 interests us at Magic Beans is that idea of being able to put that sort of idea of cinematic sound into your environment and just be able to sort of um, you know change your feelings in that sense. I think it's an exciting you know area to be in, really. Yeah, it's a very yeah. exciting. Time. Yeah. What sort of people do you work with? I mean, you know, we're sitting here speaking to yep. an agency, but I mean, what? World, what genre so we've done we've done a bunch of um, experiential marketing, so brand stuff. Um, we've done work with immersive theatre companies, so we were involved with the Somni project about a year ago. Um, orchestras, musicians were about to um, embark on a big this this research project with a large record label, major record label. Mm, that's so unofficially not announced yet, so I can't okay. say that. But um, <laughs> So I think there's there's interest all over really. We're 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 in a way doing something which we feel is pretty new, and we're trying to find the best fit. Definitely, I think the sort of experiential area is is the obvious fit. Um, but you know, I think what what is here now, I think well, this all of this stuff will eventually become mainstream, and you'll have it. You know, effectively, you'll have some wearable, and these these experiences will be mass market experiences. Timeline, you know, could be five years, ten years, we don't know. But that's it's coming to the mass market. But at the moment, I think this sort of area, you know, uh, it, it's you know who's prepared to pay for it. This is a thing. This is a big thing in VR yeah. in general. Who's who's paying for this stuff? And we, we it's know. a classic startup problem. I mean, this is you know you're you're here for all intents and purposes as a startup, kind yep. of talking to us as an agency. But the classic problem is, is there's a lot of there's a lot of brilliant smart technology out in the world, but finding the finding the use case, bringing mm. it to market, mm. and in and as you say, sound feels more viable because I can say with a, a degree of confidence that everyone owns a pair of headphones and walks around yeah. listening to music, audiobooks, podcasts yeah. every day. Right? That is that is that is that is almost full penetration from a market point of view. Whereas VR has almost no penetration yeah. or, or, or AR, and we've all got phones. Yeah. So it feels to me like the kind of it's one of those weird things. It's like we all use audio, but do we really appreciate where it can go? And, and do we need to start getting? more kind of do headphones need to evolve is that yeah I, th I think I think so uh, you know spatial one thing we, we're aware of is spatial audio has been viewed as a subset or an adjunct to um, visual uh, VR and AR 
and what we think is there's a probably a faster you know route to i think headphones are already there's develop you see this development where they're starting to let uh, other world sound in so you get these sort of ones where you can either cut off the outside like i think these sennheiser ambio headphones you can cut off the outside world or you can kind of allow it in which allows you to start thinking about augmented audio layers and i think headphones are going to be uh have gyroscopes and you look at bose ar they've got the first sort of um so they're, they're wearables but they're effectively headphones they're a pair of glasses and they they they've got gyroscopes and accelerometers in so they can track your head so we're on the path to having sort of head tracks audio experiences and i think there's there's improvements in geolocation, there's improvements in sort of this location technology where you can imagine there being in not the not too distant future, real augmented reality audio layer on the world that we can experience, you know. And so from your perspective, what you really need now is, you need more use cases, right? Presumably you need people using the technology because it's, it's, yep. it's very much a show don't tell sort of argument, isn't it? People need to experience, they need to see, yes. it needs to become much more mainstream. Yep because it's difficult to uh, explain it, you need to experience it. This is the thing, you know, we definitely, um, you know, we always struggle around the, the language to explain what we're doing. And it's, if you say we do augmented reality audio, they go, okay, I've got, I've got it, because I've, I've got my phone out, I've done, augment, I've done augmented reality and I heard there was audio on it and it's, well, it's actually something else. There's a new kind of language that goes with it and you're right, it's something you need to experience. And, you know, in the near future, I think it's going to be, the technological platforms aren't there yet for it to be a mass market experience, but it's definitely all around uh, location-based experiences and that's realistically gonna be um, experiential marketing at the moment. And you've got these other areas where you've got orchestras or musicians who wanna do a showcase. And that's sort of, we're, we're exploring all those areas and we're looking looking, looking where the best fit is. And as I would imagine in a, something like AR versus VR, yep. that there is kind of a difference in approach in that, mm. I guess in VR you're creating the atmosphere, whereas in AR you're identifying and singling into specific things, would that be? Possibly, I think, uh, it, I guess it depends what you're doing with AR, yeah. whether it's a sort of a practical application where you just want, it's a presentation of information or whether it's something which is trying to guide you on a story. And you might have a beautiful, you know, one of the things we've always enjoyed with, you know, with 3D audio is these, we sort of make recordings and just playing back, I don't know, a forest or a beach. It's just, there's an, and it's sort of being tapped into that you get these sort of relaxation apps, but a three really amazing 3D replication of, of that sort of audio is just enjoyable. We sort of, I think there's a, there's a scientific term for that, isn't there? The, the idea of just enjoying that sound and the feel of being in nature and just being able to recreate that could be of use to, to a lot of people or of enjoyment to a lot of people. And, you know, that sort of opens up the possibilities. So it's not like AMSR, it's not the. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, you know that's that's Spatial quite um, AMSR. That's that's well, that's a, 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 a um, ASMR is essentially. I mean, they um, essentially record it with a binaural mic, which you know gives you that sense of it being close to your head. But it's very, it's it's a it's a zero degrees of freedom thing. You know, it's it's yeah, a, it's yeah. fixed recording. Um, a, ASMR is an interesting kind of side avenue of spatial audio. I think. I think there is. Um, there's something going on there that's yeah. um, quite interesting. I'm not sure it's being presented in quite the right way at the minute in terms of you know the sort of various the various YouTubes of, of sort of ladies talking husky voices at you and that sort of thing. But there, um, I, there, there is definitely something, some sensory phenomena going on there that, I mean, in a sense, I suspect that some of the stuff we we're used to doing in cinema. We're kind of in at an intuitive level, making, uh, giving a nod in the direction of that sometimes. Yeah. Um, 
but I think uh, yeah, I, you know, given give me a research grant on a couple of years, <laughs> I would absolutely love to go and sort of you know. Because I never know if it's just people are a bit too embarrassed about why, it's, why saying why they would like it, why they why they enjoy it, if you see what I mean, mm. or uh, whether they just don't know. Maybe it's something which goes all the way back to being in the womb, and it's just kind of quite mm. comfortable to hear quite muffled and quiet tones. Well, and there's, there's something, yeah. There's two. I think there's the the idea of being a sort of going, you know, the, the proximity of another person is quite uh, an intimate thing, right? And I think there's yeah. an element of that that's part of it. Um, and I think the idea of there's certain qualities. Of, we know this in sort of sound design. There's certain sounds which have a quality which are enjoyed and there's something it's, it's a little bit like the enjoyment of art it's hard to know what it is about an image that that gives you a sort of you know sublime whatever you know sensation of enjoyment and there's something about sounds that can do that as well as as images and i think um we're aware of that because we you know i think a lot of um sound and film works with that or if in, in the context of horror movies it's like the opposite what's the what's the absolute opposite a horrible sound you know we have emotional reactions to sound in the same way we do to visual. So it, it ties into both of those things. I think there's a human element and there's this sort of just the quality of sound, which who knows, there's a lot of perception we don't understand, but there are certain sounds which just give you a shiver or an enjoyable yeah. feeling. It's creating memories, isn't it? It's like, all, yeah, like, yeah. like anything, anything visual or audio, you're creating a memory back to something. Yeah. And it might be something primal that you're not aware of. I mean, the white noise, as you say, is supposed to be like, like the mother's womb and the yeah. heartbeat and all that kind of thing, but it's creating those kind of memories that you're not aware of and that's what triggers the emotions yeah so therefore something that something like spatial which is a higher fidelity version of that just increases the uh, the emotional reaction then presumably i guess it brings you closer to that idea of presence and that's um you know i guess that's that's part of the key and that's why those i think some of those recordings work well because it's a binaural head and it feels quite like if you keep your head still it feels quite like a realistic experience which is quite um unusual to have you know so where do people find out more about you we are we've been quite stealth so we are sort of pretty much launching um you know website and um uh, uh social media as we speak really so probably straight after this you yeah, <laughs> so we're, we're magic beans check the show notes magicbeans.xyz yeah. um would be our website yeah okay um dot com wasn't available but strangely xyz is, is oddly <laughs> yeah. appropriate yeah. it was available for an enormous amount of money actually yeah just <laughs> a startup we felt that wouldn't be the best use of our resources a couple hundred grand on the website name what was uh magic beans what was the thought behind it? well you know we had to come up with a name it's sort of um we so we sort of you know we've been we've been gestating the ideas around what we're doing for, for a long time we sort of decided we're going to go off and do we did like we said we set aside two weeks and so we just do this sprint we're going to try and develop the idea into an actual proof of concept and see if it's any good and we got to the end of those two weeks and we're like actually this is this is working better than we thought and on the way back we were driving back and i think um john we, you know we basically both been away from our partners for a couple of weeks you know pretty much we were heading back and we realized we didn't have anything you know john was oh, i was going to bring back some stuff for my, for my <laughs> oh, wife right, yeah. and i you know suggested we could sort of some joke about you know we've got some magic beans you know we swapped it for some magic yeah. beans and i just sort of stuck really you know there's yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for a deeper reason there wasn't it but it's just <laughs> no, you know we're like we've got to come up with a name the next week so we do that and then sometimes we sort of, deeper reasons so aren't very good yeah. do you know what i mean yeah. but we like you know we like the idea of something you know this sort of see this season stuff grows yeah. out of it you know there, there was that whole allegorical con- context as well fairly yeah mundane reason gents thank you so much for your time it's really fascinating to um, to find out a little bit more about the audio side so we'll make sure we put all the details in the show notes as well so if anyone wants to have a look at you Um, and yeah we look forward to doing some fun stuff awesome it's going to be exciting definitely thanks very much thank you thank you 
Thank you for listening to the Genuine X podcast. And I'd like to thank Gareth and John from Magic Beans for coming in and sharing some of their knowledge with us. If you've got any thoughts, please do email us at genuinexpodcast at jackmorton.co.uk. Until the next one, thanks very much. Thank you.